Bienvenido a Cranked and Ranked. Uh, yo soy Esteban, uh, acá a Cabeza Viejo. Uh, con mí es mi amigo, señor Eddie Sparks. Hola, señor. Hey. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, welcome. I don't, here's what I said to those of you who, uh, who don't speak Espanol. Uh, I said, uh, hello, welcome to Cranked and Ranked. I am Stephen, a.k.a. Old Head, and with me is Mr. Eddie Sparks. And, uh, and I said, hello, sir. And he said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, you, know, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm trying to throw in some different cultural flavor. In our, you know, yeah. we, have pe- we have people from all around the world uh, listening to us. Um, speak, speaking of which, before we even get started, I want to throw a little shout out to uh, Mr. Alasdair Williams, who um, yeah. I believe was it was it on Wednesday? I'm not sure when when it was, but he sent me a, a video of him just hanging out by the beach, listening to Cranked and Ranked, having a beer and a spleef, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and it just seemed like the the it was I see it was a vibe, dude. It was a whole vibe that it just made me very happy that somebody who is enjoying themselves that much is also listening to us. And <laughs> um, that just, it just made me, it just made me happy. I was just like, that's, that's fucking sweet. And he, and, if you yeah. guys, and I posted the video on all the social medias if you guys didn't see it. And he, you know, he literally basically was just saying thanks for, for us being, you know, entertaining and, and and really, the thanks should go to him and all of you out there, because you know you're you're keeping this going by by. I mean, if we had nobody listening, uh, I mean, we probably we might still do it. But if it was yeah. the kind of thing, if it was the kind of thing where an episode went by where nobody commented anything, I would be like, oh man, <laughs> we could just talk to each other on Zoom. We don't got to go through all this editing nonsense. Um, anyway, so thank you for for joining us. Thank you for joining us in the podcast world and for joining us on the YouTube world for part two of uh, our Anthrax album ranking. Uh, last time we did the first half of their full-length studio album discography, so we did twelve through seven, and today it's six through num- number one because that's how numbers work backwards. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 let me get, let me get a drink. Oh, also, oh, um, that's look at my, awesome! Look at my awesome new mug. Where did you get that? Is that Metall- like Metallica.com? That that is um, that is killer. It uh, I had I had to get it. I lo- I love my mug. My 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 real mug that I use has my wife on it. So why would I ever want to use anything else? But when I saw <laughs> this, I was just like, black coffee, black album. It just seems like I'm supposed to have this. Yeah. So for, you know, for for audio listeners out there, he is drinking from a black cup with the white faces. 
of the band members from the Black Album inner sleeve, I think it is. It's on the yeah. inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, if, and you can see there's like a little faint Metallica. You see it? Oh. You can barely see it in there. It's, uh, it's pretty so, sweet. That's sick, dude. <laughs> like, I'm actually taking it back how cool that mug is. <laughs> I know. I, I ha- that's why I had to get it. It's like, you know, because you know, like the one, the, the, I drink coffee like every morning of my life. So yeah. you know, there's no reason why I shouldn't have multiple coffee mugs. It's funny you should mention it. I actually have my oh, Master of Puppets one. That yeah. His, his for those of you in podcast world, his has the album art from from Master of Puppets on his on his mug. Um, all right. Well, we're not talking about Metallica. I don't have an Anthrax mug, but I don't know if they could make one that cool because there's no black or coffee kind of reference thing. Although they do have that song about coffee on an album we talked about the last episode, uh, <laughs> Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. Um, but we're not talking about that one last time because we both ranked it on the. On the other half. Um, so really, honestly, for me, this is, you know, banger central for me. Like, this is, you know, I love all of these albums, um, minus one that we spoke about in the last episode. If you're curious, go listen to that. Um, but all of these, I'm a big fan, and I love these albums. And um, we're dealing with six albums that I don't really have any gripes about them at all. Maybe the first one I'll talk about, I have a little bit of a nitpick, but um, everything else, eh, it's, it's fucking gravy, man. This is going to be fun. Um, so, uh, so I don't, what do we do now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a professional. Uh, we, we're we're going to start off uh, with ranking, ranking, or ranking, I guess. Um <laughs> No, uh, start, starting, <laughs> starting with our number six. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Senor Eddie Sparks, Eduardo Sparks, to give us his numero siete. Nope. Seis. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, my number six is Fistful of Metal. Okay. Cool. The debut. Yep, this, this is the uh, sole release featuring Neil Turbin on vocals and bassist uh, Dan Lilker. And Neil has a cool voice on here. His whales are insane. And the bark he pulls out from time to time is venomous. You know, that real, you know, rah, 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 rah like kind of delivery is absolutely killer. Mid, you know, early to mid 80s thrash kind of stuff. Um, so you got Death Rider is this rabid pummeling opener. Metal mm-hmm. thrashing mad. I had to do it. Uh, more badass I mean, yeah, speed please, metal. But more, more of that. More of that. <laughs> the, the, the whole world needs to hear you sing more often. <laughs> I need to bust out the pipes, dude. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 18. Alice Cooper cover. Cool one. Um, it, Panic. Is kind of back in the speed metal zone. There's some mm-hmm. maiden harmonies in the solo, which shows that they still, you know, much like all of the debuts, they still have a little bit of residual new wave of British heavy metal left in them on the first yeah. release. Um, it's, I, I say speed metal because it is a little bit more melodic than their later thrash stuff. Um, yeah. But then you get Subjugators, more kick ass thrash. Soldiers of Metal is a fuck yeah, self-aware, brutal mid-80s thrash song. Um, Death from Above, more of that old-school speed metal goodness. Um, Anthrax, you know, it's a shame they didn't 
call the album Anthrax so that they could do a Black Sabbath and have <laughs> yeah. Anthrax from the album Anthrax by the band Anthrax. <laughs> um, then you get Across the River, which is this like instrumental solo. And then Howling Furies is a great closing track, but like I kind of ruined the song for myself when I read it as Howling Furries and I just couldn't get <laughs> furries out of my head the whole time. I mean, honestly, the the song title is a little bit confusing. Anyway, Howling Furies, yeah, like it's like what is that? I don't mean I'm I'm sure it makes sense to some somebody out there. It makes about as much sense as the album cover, I guess. Um, which is, I have no idea. I know it's been talked about to death, but it's like, what is going on on the album cover? <laughs> it's, it's so weird. But it, I, that the weird quality of it, it actually makes me love it because, like, I like seeing artwork where I go. Whoever painted that didn't quite get it right, but it almost makes it a better album cover than it would have been if yeah. they had gotten it right. <laughs> it's like it, the metal was that hard that it hit his face and rearranged what a human looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, or he's punching, he's punching himself in the back of the... I don't know. It's a very weird... It's I, very always, weird. I always thought it was an uppercut that went through his neck and out of his mouth. I mean, maybe, maybe your guess is as good as mine. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, awesome. So that yeah, that that was that was you know further down on my list just because uh, uh, a lot of the things you talked about with the the uh, it, the new wave of British heavy metal type stuff seeping in, and it doesn't really it, it's not a go to Anthrax album, even though it is a good album. Yeah. Um, so ranking wise, it's you know yeah, it's good. Um, so. So I, I, I like it. So this happened in the last episode, only in the other direction. For my number six, I'm going all the way to the other end of their catalog. And hey. my number six is their most recent album, For All Kings, from nice. 2016. Um, I love this album. And in the last episode, I, I had my gripes about worship music, Um go back and listen if you want to know what those were, but I still really liked the album, but this one to me, like initially I wasn't super excited because the very first track released off of it was evil twin, I believe. And I was like, ah, this is good. It doesn't, it's not very surprising. It's it's, but it's a good song. Um, but then the album finally dropped. And to me, it's like their most, the like well-written, well-crafted album that they've done in a long time. Just not just in, cause I know we, we had this discussion that there's very little thrash on it. There's some thrash tunes on here, yeah. but um, they've become like their peers, some of their peers, uh, more of just a metal band. And if they want to do thrash, they do. If they want to throw something that's a little more alternative metal into the mix, they can do that as well, which I think it's very freeing as a, as an artist. And I think they should stick with that. But, um, this to me, like the album, all the different styles of songs, they all have really interesting parts in them. Um, and Joey Belladonna sounds amazing. Um, and then the addition of John Danaeus on lead guitar, like that, his leads and his solos on this are so good, mm-hmm. fucking tasty shit, all the way through. Um, not that I, I had a, not that I had a big problem with. I already forgot his name. He left for Volbeat, so fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't know what his name was. I don't remember. But I never re- his leads were always just kind of like, ah, cool. There's a solo. Like it wasn't anything that like made me go, oh. Mm. Whereas John Danaeus, 
he has solos on here where I, I literally go, man, like it's, you know, <laughs> he does some cool shit. Now he's no Dan Spitz. He, he, he doesn't have, I don't think he's very unique. He's just really good. Where Dan yeah. Spitz, I would say is, uh, was a pretty unique lead guitar player. Um, but there's so many great songs on here and it takes you on a little journey and everything is very well written. And, um, honestly, like this is a, this is an album that repeat listens over the years has made it a better album to me because songs that I thought were just pretty good things that I didn't quite catch on to, not that they're really complicated, but they're just things that aren't necessarily the verse chorus or riff or whatever. It's little things that they did in the songwriting that I it started to come out and I started to go, Oh man, this is cooler than I, than I remembered. Um, my only, my small gripe is, uh, sometimes it's, it's two, it's one, it's a specific song and it's a general thing. Sometimes I feel like they have album. No, scratch that rewind. Sometimes I feel like they have song titles before they have songs. Yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to fit in this cool phrase that they want to say. Um, and sometimes it really works, but there's a song on here, uh, called this battle chose us. And it's got, it's the weakest song on the album. It's got the weakest chorus on the album and it's just trying to, it just feels so just like, okay, it has to be called this battle chose us. So let's fit that in a bunch of times. And then, there's a part at the end that I don't know if it's horrible or amazing, but it makes me laugh because of the visual in my head. I'm going to try to present this visual to you. So at the end of this battle chose us, it goes to this little up tempo. I believe you would call it a skank beat at the yep. end of it. It's and they're saying, you know, they're singing this battle chose us. You can't choose your battles. And it reminds me of that part, like in a musical or a cabaret where everybody yeah. kicks their feet in the air and waves their hat. You can't yeah. choose your battles. Like it's like it, like it every, it, I just see a row of anthrax all kicking their legs in the air. And I'm just like, they should have thought about that before they put that on there because it doesn't, it doesn't sound cool. It sounds it sounds like the end of a musical, and maybe Kinda that's campy. what they were going for. It's very it's yeah. pretty campy, yeah. but then here's the thing: they were pretty smart because then they follow it up with Zero Tolerance, which is like yeah. one of my favorite Anthrax songs in years because it's fast <laughs> and it's real like in your face, and some of Joey's deliveries yeah. are just. Just it gets to that breakdown where he's all like zero tolerance for extremism. Like you get to that yeah. part, and I'm just like, that's fucking great. And then on top of that, you get little Joey's little, uh, what would you got think of that motherfuckers? <laughs> 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 Which I totally love. Anyway, oh, yeah. so it ends up coming around and wrapping it up on a really nice note. And um, I just think it's a really solid album. And I I think it's the best album they've done in this millennium. Um, it's, it's, I mean, clearly it's above all the rest of them that, that, that have come out this <laughs> millennium, but, um, but yeah, it's a grower. It, it has its good qualities in the beginning. It has its good qualities that presents itself along the way. Um, it's well-produced, well-performed. It's a very good album. And, um, that's, that's why, um, this, this album chose me to put it at number six. Nice. For all Kings. You're going to do some leg kicks, or, or are we just skipping that part? <laughs> I was doing it under my desk. It, it was, they're, 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 they, were very, they were very little kicks. 
I don't have enough okay. room. It's cool. I'll take your word for it. And plus, nobody <laughs> at home could see that anyway. I mean, in the podcast world, I guess here they can, but in the podcast world, they're like, what was he talking about? And I think maybe I got the visual across with the wiggling the hat in the air and kicking your legs in the air. Um, I'd, I'd say tell me if you didn't get my reference, but the podcast people have no way of, you know, send me an email, oldheadpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com and let me know. Didn't get the reference, dude. Sorry. <laughs> this shows All off right. the rails. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number number five. Cool. So my number five is State of Euphoria. Sweet. All right. So th- the reason this one is at my number five is like this one took what made the predecessor so good, which was, you know, Among the Living, and pretty much keeps to it. I think this one sonically sounds better. Oh, yeah. But from a songwriting perspective, there are moments on it that are a little bit more repetitive and uh-huh. less memorable. So to, to me, this, you know, Among the Living and State of Euphoria are kind of like one of those, like, not double album, but you could group them together pretty well kind of scenarios like you got heaven and hell and mob rules that sort of thing yeah. um yeah this is one of those where it's like the production's better but the songs take a little bit of a backseat. so um be all end all the melody in this song gets stuck in my head for days when i hear the, it you know that's the first anthrax song i ever heard right there and it's it's a killer song because like for mm. all I said about you know repetitive parts, this one's really catchy and memorable in its own right. Um, out yeah. of sight, out of mind is just pure thrash groove. You know the I love yeah I love the beginning of that song. It's so yeah, it's so it is amazing. Make me laugh actually gives me Pantera vibes at points. Also, the vocals are uh, the vocal choices in the verses are so strange, but they're really cool because they kind of go off beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it, also, this needs. I, I'll say this when I get to this album, but I, I have to. I always have to say it. Like I, like Joey, Joey's vocal performance on here, it's miles above what he did on Among the Living. Like, yeah, like you, you could say maybe the choruses aren't as well written or the vocals he's actually singing maybe aren't as memorable as Among the Living, but his actual performance, his he, delivery, sounds, yeah. he sounds great. Yeah, he really does. Um, where, where are we at? Antisocial, a cover of the song by the punk band Trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love this song, and I love the video where, um, you know, the, the not guy turns out to be Aussie. The not man. <laughs> not man. Not man. Come, come on, man. That's like that's like you, that's like going I, into a that's going into a Star Wars convention and calling it a, a laser sword. That's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> like no, it's the not man. I got I got tripped up here. I I'll raise my hand and say my thirty minute apology video is coming next week. <laughs> ah, yep, we'll, we will be waiting. I cry around the twelve minute mark. <laughs> um, where where are we at? We got who cares wins. There's some cool clean vibey parts in it love that super evil vocal guitar part in this song yeah it mm. sounds it, that kind of reminds me of what 70s sabbath actually sounded like the obscene amount of coke they were taking you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um now it's dark you know that chorus riff rocks 
Schism, super simple but oh so effective Tritone interval mm-hmm. is integral to Thrash and like it is hammered home on this song. Yeah. Um, Misery Loves Company fucking rules. It's just a damn good late 80s Thrash song. Um, 13 is this like weird instrumental. Like for some reason it always it always struck me like something early Chili Peppers would do. It's almost like oh, kind of like yeah, yeah. They're like you always sing, you always sing, you always sing the same, like this sort of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, and finale, holy shit! That that's how you close an album: groove yeah. and thrash in equal measure with you know riffage like that. Mm-hmm. It's a noble follow up to a to a genre defining classic, like even if it may be and I can't stress this enough, very slightly more repetitive, it's, yeah. it's still really fucking good. Well, I mean, a lot, a lot of its critics will point out the fact that the album was kind of rushed. I think even the band will say that. Hmm. Um, so that might be why the songwriting itself, not all of it, because like, I'll get, I'll get to it, but um, some of it's amazing. But yeah, I could see that some of it isn't quite as memorable, stuck in your head kind of shit. Um, and maybe that's because it was rushed, or maybe it's just that they didn't have that at that point in their lives, they didn't have those songs anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but I, I, I mean, I, it's a, it has a special place in my heart because it's the first one I ever heard. And um, to me, it's, it, it's what I think of when I think of thrash metal because that was my introduction. So yeah. you say thrash, I see that this album cover. I'm pointing at the actual album cover in the back of my room. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I think of. So it's a cool album cover too because like it's bright yellow. Like there's not a yeah. lot of that sort of thing. It's it's quite <clears throat> it's kind of cartoony in a sinister way. Like yeah. where it's it's that sort of thing. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like how a clown is meant to be goofy, but it's really unsettling. Like, yeah. that's how that album has always struck me. I'm kind of like, I wouldn't want to be there, but I'm having a great time looking at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, it's one of my favorite album covers, even though it's not... Once again, I, I think it's kind of like the Fistful of Metal album cover, where I think that I don't think they intended it to look exactly like that. And so yeah. it's not perfect, but the 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 flaws of it, <laughs> are uh make it very cool to me plus i'm just like i look at album covers like that and i just like i wish that metal bands were more had a little more fun with their artwork yeah n- not everything has to be like an ed repka painting that has a you know some sort of landscape and some sort you're making some sort of point with a character doing something you know, yeah. that's that's socially relevant or whatever. I, I don't know. Or or you're just having a fucking castle and a moat or whatever the fuck it is. I just <laughs> you know, um I just wish that if I was in a if I was in a metal band um and we put out an album, I would be a little more like, hey, can we do some album artwork that like stands out from like other bands? Because yeah. that that doesn't really happen anymore. It's a you can get you see album covers from two different bands and you're like, that looks almost like the same cover. And yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody cares anymore because also the bands sound like the same bands too. So none, nobody cares. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so your number five. My number five is not State of Euphoria, but I'm going to have to say that my ranking, like I said on the last one, is different than the original like ranking video I did years ago. 
Um, this the top half was a little bit more difficult for me to number because I would think of, of things that were a positive or a negative from each album, and then they would switch places. Mm. Um, until finally, I just threw up my hands and said, "This is it. It's got to be done. I'm going to walk away from it." Um, so my number five is "Spreading the Disease" from 1985, okay. which is the first album with Joey Belladonna and Frank Bello. Um, cool. And it's the first one where it really sounds like Anthrax, although this is another one of those albums that everyone's always like, it's a thrash masterpiece. And I'm just like, there's like three or four thrash songs on it. (laughs) The rest (laughs) of them are not thrash. Um, So, and it's funny because that's kind of how they've always been. Like, you know, I guess among the living state of euphoria, maybe persistence of time are the only albums that you could say are thrash albums. Mm. Um, Spreading the disease has thrash on it. Some amazing thrash. But it also has songs like The Enemy and uh, Medusa and stuff like that. That's just like, it's, I mean, armed and dangerous. I wouldn't call that thrash. Hmm. Um, so, but all these songs, first of all, like, it feels like everything just came together with this album. Like, finally, they got Joey. And I think the reason why I like him so much is because, because of the fact that he was not, he wasn't made to be a singer in a band like this. Yeah, um, he's a guy that would probably want to be in a band that sounds like Journey or something like that. Um, yeah, that's that's something that always struck me about um, Joey because Anthrax is the only band in the Big Four that have a frontman that you know runs around and yeah. you know does does the kind of Bruce Dickinson run from one end of the stage to the other, interact with the crowd, hype him up a little more. The the yeah. rest of them like stand tall with their guitar and their microphone and, and they're just that they're, they're icons, but of the four, Joey has to have that little bit of extra energy to run around all that. So, yeah. And, and arguably, you know, I mean, he not arguably, he's the best singer out of all the bands. So Andy does the most running around. It's that um, kick-ass power mullet he's had since 1985. That does maybe, it. Maybe that's <laughs> it. But, um, but I just, I love the way that he fits into the music because I, um, my favorite vocalists are always the ones that at, at first listen, you kind of go, that's interesting. And then mm. it grows as like, you know, I, I like to hear a character and a voice, somebody that doesn't sound like everybody else. I'll say, I say that I'm a broken record. Um, <laughs> tr- try to, try to be individuals, everybody be, mm. be, be yourself. Um, but anyway, and Joey's been himself since day one. Like he, he always, always just sounded like himself. Um, and I just like this album a lot. This I, I think this may have been like the third album I heard by them because I remember because I got State of Euphoria and then among and uh, not among uh, Persistence of Time was the new album which I got and then my next one I ended up finding was uh, Spreading the Disease and um, it was kind of to me it, it was kind of like hearing Kill 'Em All the first time because it's a very raw version. Um, especially when going from persistence of time back to spreading the disease. Yeah. Um, but there's so many great songs on here. Um, we'll, we'll get to them when you, when you break down the songs on this album. Um, I'll, I'll say this till I'm dead and gone that um, just be, I, I had to, I had to point out one cheesy moment in uh, for all Kings. I will always point out that Medusa is the cheesiest song that anthrax ever made. 
And it's so funny when people are like, God, what do you mean? It's amazing. And I'm all like, are you listening to the same song that I'm listening to? It's like, <laughs> it is, it's pr- it, as Anthrax goes, and I love Anthrax and I love this song, but it's pretty cheese ball. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I, there you go. It's why, it's why it's at number five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but it's got so many, so much amazing shit on here. Um, not to mention, you know, you got your Thrashers, AIR, Aftershock, Gung Ho. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of great shit on here. Um, yeah. it, it, sit, it, it sits at number five for me just because I feel like even though it's, it feels like the first proper Anthrax album, I feel like they had a little bit more uh, refining to do. Mm. And um, and then they did it on the next album, and uh, so yeah, so my number five is spreading the disease. Cool. So my number four. Now this is this is like a our master of puppets situation with our Metallica ranking because my number four is among the living. Wow. Now, okay. I, that's a bold statement. I can, I can, I can, he, I can hear the people typing their comments yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, for for me, this one is like it's Anthrax at their most, at their most stripped down to the thrash thing, as yeah. far as as far as like things go, um, and the the three I put above it. Here's how here's a here's a food analogy for you. I always find these help. Among the living is a roast chicken, right? <laughs> All right. But then you you've got the three above them have different seasonings on said roast chicken. So the roast chicken of Among the Living is really good. But there's a lot of different flavors above it. That kind of set them apart. So, so you're saying this one they didn't they didn't add very many spices to it. It's just it's just your basic roast chicken. It's a satisfying meaty album. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it it does what it sets out to do because really it, during this mid '80s period of thrash, it was really cementing what it was. It was getting rid of the new wave of British heavy metal tropes that kind of are peppered on the earlier albums but yeah. then you got then you've got like you know 86 87 you get all these albums come out and finally there's a confident bang this is thrash now this is a yeah. thing yeah um so like among the living is a great opener to a great album caught in a marsh is such a classic song like that's yeah. the thing this is a this is a how to do thrash <laughs> album yeah. Um, I am the law. I am the law. Like that's, that part alone. That that's yeah. a that's a song that unfor- I, they don't play that enough live. Like they they stick to <sighs> playing among the living and and caught in a mosh live for sure. But I'm always like, I don't know. I think I think I am the law is kind of better than both those songs. Yeah, I mean, it I trans- just, it, it'll translate live so well. Like the yeah. crowd yelling, "I am the law!" Like ah, uh, yeah, that'd be sick. Um, Evil Nuka Fessin, uh, NFL. Those har- those harmonies are gnarly, and the pre-chorus is so fun to sing. Um, yeah. Skeleton in the closet. The whole time I was thinking, God damn, Charlie Benante is such a fucking beast. He's so. And tight. you haven't even and you haven't even gotten to the to his his big old beast song 
on this album. Oh, he's, he's he's crazy. He's crazy talented. I saw like I saw a video of or or a photo of him with a bunch of artwork that he did. I was like, really? You had to be that good at something else as well? Like, yeah. shit, dude. Isn't um, that how it always works out, though? It's always like, I'm a famous actor. Oh, by the way, I can sing really well, too. I'm so, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, quit, quit hogging. You're hogging all the arts. <laughs> um, oh, what do we got? We got Indians. Good God, this is a tune. Yeah. First, first heard this on Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock, and at that point... I thought Whiplash was the fastest tremolo picking could be. So when I heard like I was blown away because like as a 12 year old kid seeing like all of those green, the line of green notes coming down the screen, I was like, what the fuck? But you know, sonically I was impressed too. And is that, is that even a thing anymore to do? People still play Guitar Hero, or is that kind of a thing it, of the past? It, yeah, it, di- it kind of died out. They tried to do a bit of a comeback with a redesign in like 2015, 16, around that. But it, yeah. it didn't really catch on as far as I can remember. But uh, it, yeah, it, was, it sucks it, because it was pre- it was pretty cool. Like they you know, all the I, I only played um, Guitar Hero Metallica. That was the yeah. only one I um, and and it, and it wasn't even apparently it wasn't even a very good version. I played it on the Wii, so it was you know. <laughs> It probably was pretty lame, but it still was cool to me. But um, I don't know. I think those kind of games are fun. And but it's yeah, it really does seem like it's a more of a first person shooter kind of world now. <laughs> yeah, know? the the whole battle royale thing has really transformed stuff. Ever since Fortnite came out four years ago, or so, it's just been that. And why, every time, why don't they why don't they combine those into a uh, into a game where? You you are kind of battling against everybody, but then eventually, when you go head to head, you got to grab the guitar and you got to have a guitar off. To see that'd be see. that'd be awesome. Did you, you know, did you? Rockstar any- Games can take that idea from me. Yeah, and they can live up to their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, did I did I we, what? Uh, did you ever see that game uh, Jack Black did called Brutal Legend? I did, but I never played it. Did you play guitar in that game, or was that just a regular video game? That that was just a regular video game, but there were certain button combos you had to press to get him to play a certain lick, and they had, like, different functions. So, like, oh. say, for example, if you hit a bunch of buttons, you could do the face melter, which literally melted the face of all the enemies around you. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I don't know why I never played that. Uh, well, it was... I think it was exclusive to the PS3, but uh, that might that might have been why. But yeah, it was it was so fun, and all of the cameos in it, like all of the characters, like Ozzy, fucking um, Rob Halford, Lemmy Kilmeister, like there were so many of them were in there. Nice. Yeah, that was our video game trunk, ladies and gentlemen. I, I just want to say as well to all the people out there that are pissed off that the uh, art style in the remastered uh, GTA trilogy can suck a fat cock, you ungrateful fucks. They've remastered three whole ass games from our childhoods, and you fuckers want more. <laughs> you know? Do they? Did they? Did they? What did they do? Did they not change it, or did they? Essentially, it? what. What it is is they've they've I know we're on a major video game tangent right now. But, That's alright. Uh, because because San Andreas and Vice City are incredibly important to my 
uh, musical upbringing. And to this Mad- show. Yeah, and to this show, because <laughs> also Madhouse is in Vice City, so that ties there, into there Anthrax. So go. it's totally legitimate. Um, they released the trailer, and the world looks awesome, and the character models, they look a little bit cartoonish and stylized, but I think that's okay because they've they remastered it. They didn't remake it. If they okay. remade it, if they remade them from the ground up, then okay. But it's a remaster. It's just a new coat of paint on an already nice running thing. That's all I have to say about that. Now, do you think that do you think they're going to add like special new scenes like Star Wars, and all of a sudden Jabba shows up at some point? Well, I saw and- in one of the. In one of the scenes, there were uh, dirty dishes by a sink that weren't there before, so that was kind of cool. Oh. <laughs> They've added a lot more you know, detail. It, it, yeah. complete, complete nerds like you are going to be looking at the game and be like, whoa, there's yeah. a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> this bush wasn't in the original. <laughs> that was the, that, the, the, as much as I, I I'm, I'll go off of that to where I was talking about the, the Star Wars special edition. That's where my Star Wars fandom ended. Uh, because mm. when I was a teenager, I was a massive Star Wars fan. And then it, I think I don't it was somewhere in the mid 90s. I don't remember what year it was that they brought out the first special edition of of A New Hope. I think and it I was went 97. To, okay, yeah. And I went to the theater to see it. And I thought it was unnecessary. It was cool at the time, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But the thing that was like the most annoying was that I happened to be sitting next to two of the most ultimate Star Wars fanboys, like way more than me. And literally every time any new piece of CGI came up, they both went, whoa! Like, <laughs> and this isn't a movie theater. Everyone yeah. trying to watch a movie, and they were as loud as they could, woeing <laughs> at every, the, oh, there's a weird dinosaur looking thing in the background. Whoa! And I'm just like, oh, I, get, I, I, I we get it, guys. <laughs> and um, And that was the beginning of the end for me with Star Wars because they continued to make shit that i didn't think was very good although i you know i liked what was that one i don't know what it was called the one <laughs> the one where they came back and they did a better movie i don't remember what it was but i liked it <laughs> oh and rogue one was great do more yeah. of those cool um that was video games and star wars thank you nerd uh culture for listening <laughs> Sponsored by Pocket Protectors. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we'll be talking about season one of the, what's that show? Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Bing Bong Theory. <laughs> also, I just, I hope the guy, the, my, my, I don't know if you can hear it, but my neighbor is playing really loud music and it's, it doesn't bother me that much, but I started to think, can they hear it on YouTube? Am I going to get, <laughs> am I, I going to get shut down? <laughs> I can't hear it. If, okay, I, if I can't hear it, I've, I've got like dog-like hearing. Which good. my my mother would disagree with, but you, I'll, I'll I'll stand by it. With your hair, you actually look a little bit like Rolf from the Muppets. <laughs> like today, it's like the look up Rolf yeah. the dog, everybody. Look him up. He, he plays piano and he, his ears go floppy and stuff. You know, that's. Uh, I've just look. noticed it in the small little <laughs> screen there, and now I can't take my eyes off it. <laughs> You can't live with them. You can't. You can't live, live without, without them. <laughs> That's. Uh, I have the whole movie memorized. By the way, before we go back on to Anthrax, the Muppet movie is one of the best movies ever made. I'm just going to yeah. throw it out there. <laughs> I don't. It's a kids' movie. I get it. Yeah. It was made for families, but it is good. I tell you one. I think is underrated that I have on VHS right next to me. Uh huh. Muppets from Space. 
fucking love that growing oh, up. Oh, that's a fun movie. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, Muppet. We'll rank the Muppet movies at some point because I... Hell yeah. <laughs> they all have good qualities to them. Totally. All right. Where were we? <laughs> we, were, we were still in Among the Living. I think that you in, ended off at around... Um, I don't know where you at. Where you at? Um, we we were on uh, one world. Here we go. One um, world. And all I have for this one is this album is classic for a reason, you know. Uh, and then ADI horror of it all is more awesome thrash. And then imitation of life is this vicious closer. You couldn't have ended this album any other way than with this song. I've heard that song hundreds of times in my life. And yeah. still, when that when it goes into that really fast beat, yeah. I'm always just like, it always still <laughs> catches me by surprise. Where it's like, how how is he playing that fast? Yeah. Like that like Charlie is like, like the riff is already hard to play. Like it's it, it's very fast. But like the drums, like I'm always just like, like yeah. that is that is one of the fastest songs I think I've ever heard. Like mm-hmm. it's like I don't know what the fastest song ever is. Maybe somebody knows that, um, but I mean, that's got to be one of them. Yeah, like I remember the first time I ever heard this, and it, like especially the part where um, Joey Belladonna does that beast mode shriek, and yeah. it's just so nuts. Like maybe maybe it can maybe it can go. I, I wonder if it, I wonder if it's faster than. Um, what is it called? Necrophobic by Slayer. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Is that necrophobic? Is that, I don't know if it's yeah. necrophobic. It's something necrophobic. like that. Necrophobic can't control the paranoia. Scared to die. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> cookie. one. Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> cookie, cookie, cookie. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that, that song fucking rules. Cool. And yeah, like I say, it's classic for a reason, but it is, it's the most standard thrash they did. So, like I said, with my roast chicken analogy, there's some spicier meat above. <laughs> I, I get you. Cool. Um, cool. We're not, we're not matching up on any of these. Wow. Um, my number four, this one, this one hurt the most. Anybody that knows me knows why this hurt me to put it here, but it made sense when I was, when I was mapping everything out. Uh, my number four is State of Euphoria from 1988, which was my number one on my ranking that I did uh, a couple years ago because it's my favorite Anthrax album. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I realized that something being my favorite doesn't mean that it's the best. I understand that. Um, but it's got its positives. Um, like I said, to me, like it's a really great example of what thrash metal is. If somebody doesn't know thrash metal, you could give them this album and it probably it gives them everything they need right there. Yeah. Um, and the production... The production on this album and the one after, both done by Mark Dodson, and I think they both sound really, really good. Um, a lot of classic songs on here for me. Um, I ended up having to knock it down a little bit because I was thinking about the progression from Among the Living to State of Euphoria. Like you said, production-wise, and maybe even performance-wise, it's it's a step up. But songwriting-wise, um, you could say that it's not. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so the so and also it's like yes, the, it, it wasn't really giving you anything different at the time uh, from Anthrax, and so 
and I, I mean, I have to go with my own rules. Like I prefer it when a band puts out an album that gives me something different than the one before. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if I had, if I was already a fan when, when Among the Living came out, if I had heard State of Euphoria, it probably would have been kind of like, ah, this is fine, you know, because it's, it's not that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, but I love this album just because it's one of those things that has been with me since I was a kid, and you put it on, and it just feels really nice. Like, everything about it feels good, and I like so many of the songs and the album cover, like we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, I... I, I the the other three albums all have qualities when looking at them subjectively um, are stronger albums than State of Euphoria, and so I had to unfortunately put it here at uh, number four. So um, there you go. Nice. Okay. Cool. Number. Cool. Hi. Cool. My Hi. name is Eddie Sparks. Cool. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. Cool. Hi. all right go go ahead okay number three sound of white noise bam all right cool we get some we get some john bush in this episode we do and that is solely based on the strength of this album you can tell you can tell that the band like not the the album that came before it is weak by any means because Mm. how you know, I haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. But by that point, you could tell that they'd kind of they'd kind of done the same thing Metallica had done with And Justice for All. They kind of taken it as far as they could. Yeah. So to have it, this is an even more radical change than what Metallica did because they um had a new singer. Um yeah. so right out of the gate, that's a huge shift from, you know, Joey Belladonna. Um, and yeah, his voice and the style they went for during this time was like a real grungy groove metal kind of thing. Um, so without further ado, let's go into the track by track. So Potter's Field, holy shit. I love this. It gives me kind of like grunge truck vibes. Um, yeah. Like, that kind of metaled up grunge stuff. Uh, John Bush really fits with this kind of grungy groove metal. Um, Only is a classic mm-hmm. of the early nineties metal thing. They even, they still play it to this day as far as I know, don't no. they? No. Do they not? No, they, they, uh, I think that they did when Joey first got back in the band. Right, because um, I was remembering the big four shows. I haven't seen shows. any performance they've done in the last several years where they've played only, which is fine. Yeah. I, I think that that song, as much as I love Joey, he doesn't sound right to me singing that song. Um, he's per- mm. he, he's perfect, perfectly capable, but it needs it needs John Bush's voice, I think. Yeah, that that's the thing with this. Like I said, it's such a radical change to have a completely different sounding singer. Yeah. Um, so you got room for one more. Mm-hmm. It's got a bit of a funky, syncopated edge to this one. Packaged Rebellion, love the grunginess. Hypro Glow, groovy hard rock track. Invisible is kind of funky again. Um, a Thousand Points of Hate is chuggy chuggy chug chuggy chuggy chug chuggy chug. I've just put um, Black Lodge, cool vibey song. Yeah. Uh, C11, H17, N2, O2, S. NA, aka sodium, sodium pentothal. Yeah. 
is this moshy grunger, uh, and burst is a punky quick one, and then this is not an exit. It's just this grinding heavy groove, and yeah, this album for such a significant shift is one of those where it's like, you know what? I'm okay with this. I'm on board, you know? Yeah. I Like, that's the thing. When a band kind of establishes themselves and then goes off in a different direction, but it's it fucking rules, that's testament to how good the band themselves are yeah. rather than just the genre that they started out doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sound of White Noise, third place for me. Hell, awesome. We, we, we match up. My number three is also Sound of White Noise. Um, I, my, I have a, I have a history with this album and it's, and it's a very, um, it's, it's like state of euphoria for me, um, where it's very, it's a very special and important album to me. Um, but like I, I mentioned it in the last episode that I got into anthrax when persistence of time was out and then you get attack of the killer bees. And then all of a sudden you hear that Joey Belladonna is out of the band and to me, I was yeah. like, oh, that's a bummer. And I think I mentioned this in the last episode, too. When I first saw some footage on MTV, I think that the band were rehearsing for a show when, on the, or something, and it was them playing Cotton Amash with John Bush singing, and I was like, oh, no. Because it was just, <laughs> it wasn't good. It was never good, him singing that song. Mm. Um, and so I was really like, what is this going to be like? And then flash forward however long it took before they, they, you know, they announced the album, they premiered the music video. And I remember sitting at home watching headbangers ball. And I was like, all right, let's, 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 they're going to do the new anthrax tonight. Let's hear it. And they premiered only. And I was just like, Whoa, man. Yeah. Like, (laughs) And, and, and that's the thing that, that like I was, you know, this is 1993. So I was what, 14, 15 years old, something like that. Um, there was no part of me that went, oh, they're selling out or oh they changed their sound. It doesn't matter. Like you, like you said, like they, there was this thing that clearly was not the same thing they were doing before, but I was just like, there's no denying that that is a fucking killer song. Like yeah. it's it's pretty much perfect. Like a, as a rock <laughs> song, it's like it's so good. But mm. um, so then, like I was on board, and I and I the the, the Friday because out, out like uh or no, it wasn't a Friday. It was a Tuesday because al- new albums in America used to come out on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, and I, the Tuesday that it came out after school, I went to the the the, the neighborhood mall to the Camelot, was it Camelot or Hastings that was the music store? Who the fuck cares? It was one of those two. <laughs> um, and I bought the Sound of White Noise. And um, I didn't love it immediately because mm. the, especially on Potter's Field, Potter's Field's a great song, but he does a little bit of lower, of, I, it's hard to, to explain it. He does what some people would refer to as yarling. Yeah. He does a little bit of yarling yeah. in there. And it kind of made me yeah. go, oh, are they doing? Are they jumping on the bandwagon? But and now that I listen to it, I go, that's, not, that's clearly not what he was doing. He just has that kind of voice. Yeah. Um, 
which, which honestly, most of those people that sing in that style, they just sound that way. Aside, yeah. from, aside from Creed and a handful of other bands where they deliberately yarl. But um, <laughs> Days of the New. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I just remember that fucking Days of the New song came out and it was on the radio. I'm just like, somebody's listening to this? Because it's, oh, yes, I'm going to sing it like this. And I'm just like, fuck you. Go away. <laughs> and they went away. Woo, bye. Um, anyway, so uh, back to Anthrax. <laughs> I'm sure they're very, I'm sure the home dude behind that group is a very nice guy. I just. I just You're just out here roasting all the post-crunch bands. <laughs> no, I like it. But you understand, I like Candlebox. Like, I like, you know, this, there's, I'm not one yeah. of those people. But sometimes you have to call a piece of shit a piece of shit. Um, that's how it works in this world sometimes. Anyway, back to something that's not a piece of shit, uh, sound of white noise. Um, but yeah, the album quickly grew on me and it became one that like, I, not only did I love the songs on it, but I loved the sound of it because it sounded yeah. like something that I hadn't heard before. And that owes a lot to Dave Jordan, the producer who also mm. produced dirt by Alice in Chains, independent by sacred Reich. Um, he did several albums all around the same time yeah. that all have a similar kind of sonic sound to them. And they're, yeah. and they're, and they're albums that to me don't sound like other things that you've heard, but also don't sound dated. I don't think they sound dated at all. That's the thing I find with the, with the first three years of the nineties It's super interesting to me how, they have the residual techniques left over from the 80s to make things feel big, but they've kind of got an ear for what sounds crisp yeah. and how to, how, to get, how to get mixes to sound big without relying on, um, you know, uh, tricks of the time, you know? Yeah. Like, say, say, for example, the Black Album has a shit ton of reverb on it, but it doesn't sound like an 80s reverb. It just sounds big. Like yeah. even to this day, another another album that has aged very well. Um, yeah. But also, on, uh, adding on to what you already said, I did I did a uh, an old head podcast episode back when I first started this shit, um, talking about albums with a different singer when you first hear a new singer in a band. And yeah. um, this was the one album that I was just like the the reason why this album is so amazing is because they did it and it worked. Um, yeah, and maybe it's because they also altered their sound a little bit um mm-hmm. a little bit a lot um <laughs> and so for me it just everything just fell into place like the and, and honestly l- listening to it now if you take away if you give some of the songs on sound of white noise the persistence of time production style and make them a little longer they're not really that far removed like they yeah. they just were they basically just reined things in a little bit and added some different mm. styles of stuff. Clearly, Black Lodge is like a very different style of song for them. But that, that's another amazingly well written song and well performed. Like that's the thing yeah. I said. I said some negative things about John Bush in the last episode, um, but you know I, I I really like him as a singer. But when he when he is in his element on songs yeah. like Only and Black Lodge and stuff like that, like he just there's no other singer that could do it. Like he had to be the guy to sing those songs. And I just, I love this album so much. It's, um, it's just one that has never left me as just one that I put on and I go, God, this is still so fucking good. Um, 
Really, the only thing that keeps it at number three is the fact that if you say Anthrax, I don't think of this album. I don't think of John Bush because I'm a Joey Belladonna fan, and I think the classic or quintessential Anthrax sound is not this album. But Mm. that being said, it's amazing. It is an amazing album, and I, I it's great. It's my number three. So um, moving on to uh, uh, number two. Man, this is – I feel like we're moving along quickly, but I know that we had that like 10-minute video game discussion. So. <laughs> we've, we've padded this one out. We've, yeah. we've got some decent content here. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get your money's um, worth, people, for the zero that you have to pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my number two is Persistence of Time. Sweet. So, Time, a pounding track to open the album mm-hmm. with an absolute blast of thrash. And right out of, right out of the gate, this album is probably their darkest. Yeah. Like, just thematically and vibe-wise, you know, there's, there's not really any of the humor that was very present on, on the last record yeah uh i mean you know you got the up upbeat got the time but that's about it you know um blood those scary guitar harmonies still give me goosebumps to this day yeah that is a killer killer guitar part um it's a great one-two punch too because opening the album with time then you get blood yeah and then holy shit you get keep it in the family yeah you know mild it's like oh it's it's a mid-tempo chunky thrash and that is where my heart is at in this scene and this song has so many cool parts and it is that part with um i can't remember the specific lyrics but it's like institution discrimination through the, the nation, nation. raining hatred. Like, ah, yeah, with the schism, you must rebel. It's fucking, it's, <laughs> it's fucking cool as shit. That's like a clear cut example as well of uh, Charlie Benante knowing exactly where to put a sick double kick run. Like, mm-hmm. that gives it so much intensity in life. Um, like, and it's super satisfying to play. Yeah. Especially on a, especially on a big kit like I have. Um, but yeah, Ladies? I'm not compensating. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you get In My World is uh, more great thrash. Yeah, Gridlock is catchy and heavy. Intro to Reality is this cool, dreamy instrumental that leads directly into the absolute banger that is Belly of the Beast. Yeah, And again, I'm on a Charlie Benante worship kick right now because his groove in this is monstrous and I gotta give it up for that killer cowbell usage because that's how you fucking do it. Yeah. Like, oh. Like, who would have thought to put that there but Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Got the time, Joe Jackson cover full of punky thrash goodness. Yeah. Uh, H8 Red, which is hate red. Hatred. Get it? Hatred. Get it? I get, get it. it. You're, pe- it. You're, pe- you're piecing it together. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, more, it's more thrash badassery. Although, although, man- in, although in England it would be, it would be H, H, H Red. Yeah? 
No, Maybe. Like, like, well, it depends. Like, you, don't you, you drive... guys pronounce H H? Some do because <laughs> it. Like, the thing is, with Britain, it's like you mean you guys aren't all the same. You don't all speak <laughs> the same ways. You don't. Like, you, you don't walk into a room and say hello, governor. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, you're from rural England. How's Big Ben? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it is funny though like i'm always i'm always quick to quick to jump on the roast roast the british guy but uh where is it hatred Uh, hatred yeah like i'm just trying to think i had something really funny then but it's gone oh okay okay del preston (laughs) it rains it Rains all morning and it cleared up in the afternoon. I almost remembered something else then, but it's gone. <laughs> I made up for it with a Del Preston people. We can yep. keep going until I, yep. until I find it. When, um, when in doubt, just go back yep. to Del Preston. Right on. Uh, one man stands. It's just another pounder. Yeah. Uh, discharge, killer closer. What an excellent record this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely the darkest of their classic thrash era, but that... To me, you know, it does make for great thrash. You know, darkness is a part of it. Yeah. Even if you do inject some humor into it, there's just something about this album that when I put it on, I think, oh shit. Like, there's this little little thing I like to call the could I beat this in a fight factor. Like, were this album a person? Could I take them on? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Persistence of time would beat my ass. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. I, that, that's an amazing album. Um, it is not my number two. Mm. Um, so my number two ended up being Among the Living from uh, from 1987. And um, totally got why this would be <laughs> this would be a lot of people's number one. You could say it's the quintessential Anthrax album if you view. You, you know, it's got most of their most popular songs are on this album. Mm-hmm. And um it's a it's a fucking banger. We already went through all the songs. Like this is uh this is where they really became like the big four band, I think, you know, that they are mm. known as. Um and I love this album. Uh when I was doing my pros and cons, um the production of this album is the is is the we it's the weakest sounding anthrax album that it, i would agree with the it's it's got this it's got this sound that if you turn it up too loud your ears hurt like mm. it's so i don't know if it's mids or what it is that's in there but the fact that it's produced by oh, eddie what? kramer who's who worked with kiss and apparently was supposed to be this master behind the boards but he did not know how to handle their music and it just and also the 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 way that Joey's vocals are placed in the mix and are produced, it just it sounds like he's in a different room than the band. I mean, he is in a different room from the band, but it sounds like two different tracks, like that that don't that don't go together. And I've never been able to get past that. Even when I first heard this album back in the day, I was like, man, there are so many good songs in here. Why does it sound so awful? And um, I I often thought the same thing. Yeah, that was uh, a, that was an obstacle for me. But it's not a hundred percent like a, a, a you know. Obviously, it's here at number two because of the strength of the songs on it, and just as an album itself, like it's 
it's fucking great. Um, but it's not a perfect album, like because I really do think that um, the, the horror of it all is not really that well written of a song. So whenever people say this is a perfect album, I'm like, oh, you think that? Whoa, my hatred! Like it's like that whole part, and then he, <laughs> and then the horror of it all, the horror of it all. He repeats that a lot. Like it's it's it, there's a lot of like. This song, to me, is what people say about State of Euphoria. I'm like, they should have spent more time trying to refine that song and make it a little more interesting. Um, Same thing with One World, really. But but aside from that, the album is fucking great. Um, But I I, I ended up putting it this high just because I really think in, in the Anthrax catalog, you could say it's the most important album and I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't say anything. It's like the, it's like, it's their master of puppets. It's the one that, yeah. you know, everyone knows that's into metal. I'm sure they know among the living. But um, as you just heard, there are gripes about this album. And so um, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't make it to number one. Um, so uh, I'm really interested in the, in our, the, the, the juxtaposition between our number ones uh, because we're, kind of coming in from two different angles and I, and I like it. So let's, let's, let's quickly move on to, to uh, number one. Cool. So my number one anthrax album is spreading the disease. Oh yeah. So this one for me hit a sweet spot between what I like about thrash, but what I also like about eighties metal in general. Yeah. Because of all of the albums, this one is probably the most quote-unquote 80s metal, as in like the mid-80s kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, their debut was very early 80s in its style, even though it came out in 84. But this one in 85 sounds exactly how 1985 sounds to me, yeah. you know? Um, from as a, as a metalhead, um, you know, AIR, this is an opener. This is a statement, you know, holy shit. They've graduated from speed metal to thrash. Like they made it, they were smart with this choice. Yeah. Opening the album with this one. It's like, oh my God, holy shit. How's the new singer going to sound? Whoa. All of this kicks ass. It's even better than before. Um, and then you get lone justice, badass song introduces those awesome Scott Ian gang vocals that would become a staple of their sound too. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's, here's the, uh, aforementioned GTA shout out, uh, with Madhouse. Like whenever that song would come on, I'd immediately fuck with the police to get in a pursuit with that song. Like I'd, I would be like just driving, minding my own business runs over 10 people all of a sudden i have like the entire state after me (laughs) that song's um, got a that song's got a great vibe like i never get tired of hearing that song it's just enjoyable. so it's it's again it strikes that thing of this is heavy this is cool but it's also fun yeah and this is a fun album to me um ssc or stand or fall damn four fucking great tracks in a row like this one has a slightly punky edge to it but still thrashes all hell Mm -hmm. uh the enemy 
Now, here's some deliciously 80s production right yeah. here. Like, the intro to this sounds like Def Leppard on steroids. <laughs> but, um, like, jokes aside, how I hadn't listened to this album in full before this... Oh, wow. Ranking, like, this is, this is a newfound favorite for me. Yeah. Like, I'd... I suppose I was thinking to myself, oh, Madhouse is the standout and the rest of it would sound like Among the Living. Oh, no, I mean, as an, as an like. album, it's, it, it, to me, it fits in more with what they do now where they don't just do the one thrash note. There's these different flavors that you get on this album. So you could say that they've kind of gone right back to being this band that, that kind of gives you a different, a different angle here and there. I would, I would say for, for me with my, like... I'll admit I had I do have a little bit of a bias for like old school production. Yeah. Were those like modern albums a little bit more in this vein of stylistically? Yeah. I'd probably enjoy them a hell of a lot more. How they could grow on me. Yeah. For all, for all I know like a week from now I might find a newfound appreciation. But uh yeah, you got Aftershock you know to to me there hasn't been a weak moment on here so far. Armed and Dangerous is a great song. Medusa has a really cool riff in it. Um, yeah. And then Gung Ho is one last flurry of awesome to make sure your face is well and truly melted off yeah. and force-fed down your own throat because this album rules. I like Again, I love this album so much because it's a seamless blend of thrash heaviness with stuff that could be on an early Dokken album. Like There's little yeah. moments here or there. And I'm not calling this hair metal, but there's a definite, there's a definite all round '80s metal feel to this. Yeah, and it's like every now and again I'll hear something and I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> which is which is interesting because I believe that at the exact same time that they were recording this album, they were also recording the uh, Stormtroopers of Death album. Yeah, um, which is very much not. It's you know a crossover classic you know, and, and yeah. riffy as fuck. Um, just giving a <laughs> shout out to that first album, which is, um, yeah. I, well, well, I don't, you know, obviously we'll probably never do anything about SOD because they don't really have very much, but also, um, I, I hate it because I really wish that they had done that SOD album and then never done anything again with that. Yeah. Because, I feel like it may it it may it all of a sudden made the joke behind it not funny anymore. Because yeah. it was because if you look at it, if you don't know anything about it and you read the lyrics, you're like, this is cancel this album. Like this album yeah. is gonna be canceled. <laughs> but it's supposed to be from the view viewpoint of a person that's a complete piece of shit. Yeah. And standing on Fuck its, the Middle East. There's yeah. too many problems. <laughs> yeah. The the this as a standalone album, it is so fucking good and it's a classic. But yeah. once you go and you start doing other performances and try to do other albums, and then Home Dude starts MOD, which MOD was fine, but I always felt like he was the one dude that didn't realize it was a joke. <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe i'm wrong but i i always got the vibe that he was like oh it's perfectly cool for me to be an asshole and i'm like no no no, th no that's not the point dude <laughs> anyway 
my little tangent about SOD because I love that album so much, but it's like, you know how some things have things that happen after it and you go, ah, why'd they have to do that? So yeah. I, I really wish it was one of those things where they had put out, like, like I wish they had done like a nail bomb. Like they put out the nail bomb album, they do one show and then they never, well then Max fucked it up years later and went back and did it. But you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> that was all she wrote. And, and I'm just yeah. like, that's somehow, sometimes that's how you need to do it. Um, anyway, that's another one we won't, there won't be a ranking of nail bomb albums because there's one. My number one nail bomb album, uh, point blank. <laughs> there you go. You got an extra ranking in this Anthrax ranking. We ranked, I ranked the nail bomb discography. Oh, yeah. And then number two would be Proud to Commit Commercial Suicide, which is the live album. So boom. Oh, yeah. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> We were at number one. Yeah, spreading the disease is your your number one, and I I I agree. It's a it's a great album. It's um I I said this on the last episode too, where I it's weird talking about these albums and having to put them in an order because any number of these albums, I'm just like, it's a fucking great album. Um, Yeah, but one came on top of everything else. That sounded gross. One um, (laughs) ended up being the winner. Um, and that's persistence of time from 1990, and it's just because I was I was I was listening to it again, and I'm like, everything is pretty much the best they ever did it here. Um, yeah. Sure, the songs aren't as catchy because I think the only difference between the songwriting here and on uh, Among the Living is Among the Living is catchier and maybe fast, yeah. maybe maybe faster. But persistence of time, it's like. It's one of those albums that it it ha- it like I said with uh, For All Kings back in the beginning of this episode. It has its things that immediately grab you, and then it has its other things that the more you listen to it, you go, "God, yeah, that's fucking great too." And eventually, it becomes an entire album of, "Yeah," and that's yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's my number one because the production style is great, the performances are great, uh, Joey's voice is amazing, his performance is amazing, and. Um, and, and and like you would say, you could see that they were clearly going down a path where they weren't trying to be the big metal band with the high vocals, but mm-hmm. um, but Joey still fucking nailed it anyway. Doesn't matter. Um, he, <laughs> he he sounds great. And um, this is this album has so much also of a history and memories because um, like I, I I have distinct memories of sitting in one of my classes in high school and writing down the lyrics to the songs from Persistence of Time by memory. I was just bored. Nice. And so in my notebook, I just started writing down the lyrics. And and it's it, I'll always remember that just because I, you know, I, my, I got in trouble for not fucking paying attention. And I'm just like, look, I got important <laughs> shit to do, like transcribe lyrics that nobody's going to look at but me. How are you going to learn to thrash at school, Dad? What do you want to <laughs> do with your life? I want to Anyway, and rock and rock I did forever. Um, And uh, so, yeah. And also this was around the time that, like I said, I I had just gotten into Anthrax and then I heard this album. So hearing, hearing um, State of Euphoria and then this, like they very quickly became like my favorite band. I was just like, this is awesome. Um, And then soon after I got into them, was when they did an episode of Married with Children. And yeah. I was already a fan of Married with Children. Who who the fuck wasn't at that point? Um <laughs> the, the like the, all the best shows at that time were all on Fox. 
Um, yeah. And I'm not even talking about Simpsons because Simpsons, I was, I've never been really into Simpsons, but there were three things that I had to watch Married with Children, In Living Color, and Arsenio Hall. Like I, like Arsenio Hall was like my talk show guy. And I would, I had this like yeah. tiny little 12 inch TV or whatever in my room. And I would not, I couldn't go to bed until Arsenio was over. And, um, yeah. I, I, that's like, that was the shit, but married with children was a big deal. And then all of a sudden my favorite band's going to be on married with children. I'm like, fuck yeah. So I had, you know, <laughs> I had my VCR ready to go and I taped it and everything and watched it a hundred times probably because it was just so funny. And, yeah. and that's another thing that, that we talk about our favorite bands, uh, a band that you love becomes even more of your favorite band. Once you see them and you go, I want to hang out with those dudes. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing I would say about most of my favorite bands. I love their music, but at the same time, I kind of just want to go have a beer with the dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah. And so back to persistence of time though. Um, I think I said everything I need to say it. I, I think it's a pretty perfect album, an amazing metal album. And, um, if if not for Rust in Peace, it'd probably be my favorite metal album of that year. Um, I don't remember what my my I remember what my number one was in our 1990 ranking, but I um, I don't remember where Persistence of Time fell. But um, it's it's fucking amazing, and just the fact that like that year you got Persistence of Time, Rust in Peace, and Seasons in the Abyss, like. Okay. <laughs> like what was in the water that year? <laughs> Everyone's just fucking nailing everything. Firing um, on all all cylinders. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um so yeah, my number one persistence of time, um, wrapping up our uh anthrax album ranking. Three, two, one. Yeah, we, we did it. I'll I'll line that up on the pot for the podcast listeners. <laughs> That's uh, I, I I always make things sound so much better in the podcast. So if you think that we're con- <laughs> like literally like it's it's all the little things that don't go right, they they all get removed, and the podcast listeners never know. <laughs> we sound like the most professional motherfuckers on earth. Oh hell yeah, damn right we are. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was Anthrax, and uh, I'm the big four has now been ranked. Um, and it has where 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 do we go from here in the world of thrash? I'm, I'm gonna put put I'm gonna throw in a testament for next time that we do um, a yeah. thrash band because because uh, if there was a big five, I believe the testament is the band that would go in there. Um, that's just my, yeah. that's my opinion. There are some people that love Overkill and that love Exodus, and you're not wrong, but. Um, Testament, though. Testament is a fucking yeah. ridiculously good band. Um, yep. But that'll be way down the line because we got other shit to come your way that also sounded gross. Um, but uh, <laughs> It reminds me of that line in, um, what is it, The Pick of Destiny, where, <laughs> what is it they say? They've come here and now they're going to come in your ear pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that, that movie is fucking funny anyway so uh we'll do we'll do our tenacious d ranking because what do they got four yeah. albums including that soundtrack yeah yeah um that that would be a fun one 
anyway. Put two of them up your ass and give, <laughs> give me four chicken McNuggets. Four chicken McNuggets. <laughs> Look, I want, give me a soda, but I want it half Coke, half Diet Coke, okay? I'm trying to watch the weight here. <laughs> I love that shit. Like, that's probably my favorite part of the whole album. <laughs> but I just, I like the, I like the, the cock push-ups one just because of that one moment yeah. where, where Kyle goes, well, how, how many can you do? And he goes, cock push-ups? Well, I guess, I guess you can only do one. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah one is all you need. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that's a that's a nice note to leave to leave on. Um, we've, yeah, we've we've said pussies and cock in the in the last few minutes of this episode because you know we need to get it out of the way. Okay, it feels good to get it out yeah. once in a while. Anyway, so um, yeah, that's it for this uh, episode of Cranked and Ranked. Do you have any parting words for uh, our lovely listeners out there and watchers? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, it reminds me of, uh, of the going off on another tangent. The yeah. the SNL the SNL sketches, the Barry Gibb talk show. Do you ever see those sketches? Where it's uh, I, prob- J- I probably J- have. It's Jimmy Fallon yeah. and Justin Timberlake, and Jimmy Fallon plays Barry Gibb, and then Justin Timberlake plays what's the other? Yeah. What's, the, what's the the blonde Gibb brother? I don't know his name. Um, but you know, but Jimmy Fallon's all like, you know, talking and talking. And then he goes to the other guy, to Justin Timberlake. He's like, you have anything to say? And he's like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's his whole thing. Anyway, those are really funny sketches. Like I think, uh, Jimmy Fallon gets a raw deal. And I think some people think that he's not funny. Hell, I was on Jimmy Fallon. That's true. Oh my God. Yes. And yeah. he was on Jimmy Fallon doing his kazoo mouth. Thing. I need to get back to TikTok, man. I need to start doing that again. Man, I, I've done several videos on TikTok, and it just, it's going nowhere. Like, like it's not, n- nobody seems to be watching the videos, but also whenever I go there, it's 98% shit that I don't even want to see anyway. So I'm just like, <laughs> eh, maybe this is the part where I have to be like, you know what, I'm going to let you kids enjoy this. Although my wife's doing pretty well on TikTok. If you go, go follow her. I believe it's Good Girl Fabric. Is uh, she has a fabric company? Um, if nice. anyone's into fabric, go go follow her on TikTok. She does cool videos. Um, and my wife, Frank awesome. Rank, sponsored so, by, sponsored by sponsored Good by Girl Fabric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's how, that's how we're gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her to start forking over some money for ads. <laughs> anyway, and I'm just gonna use it to buy records. <laughs> anyway, all right, cool. That's it for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you very much for uh, watching and listening. And we'll be back next week with another. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna give it away. We're, what we're gonna do? It'll be a surprise. Um, but what's not mm-hmm. a surprise is that I'm gonna throw it over to Mister uh, to Senor Eduardo Sparks to take us out. Later. Dude!